0: On this episode of the Retire ASAP Show, we're going to talk about how you can save tons and tons of tax money long-term.
1: It's time for the Retire ASAP Podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fudge.
0: Welcome to the Retire ASAP show where our goal is to get you free from work as soon as possible. I'm your host Taylor Fike and here with me Brad Fike. What's up Brad the dad? Good day to you. It is a good day. The sun is shining. It's deceiving. Here in Ohio you would think that it's a sh- uh, sunny, shiny
1: summer day, but it's actually a little chilly out there. Got a little chill to it, but it's beautiful fall. Leaves are turning here in Ohio. If you're not in Ohio while well, you're listening, uh it's starting to just turn so the fall is getting beautiful it is it's
0: nice but that means fishing weather is almost
1: over the perch are on fire all of a sudden what are we I, doing i don't we're sitting here doing a podcast What? We,
0: okay guys that's the end of this episode we're heading to the lake happy perching yeah. tight lines <laughs> but okay perch are biting so maybe we need to get back up there i'm coming up this weekend well we better get her to it yeah it'll boat's be cold.
1: coming out in a couple weeks so we got to get to it
0: i'll have to wrap up maybe maybe we can go sunday morning yeah Okay. okay. Well now that we made all of our fishing plans on the podcast, uh well, this is part of our series that we've been working on here. So we've been talking about what can we be doing during inflation to kind of set ourselves up financially. We did an episode a few weeks ago called How to Budget During Inflation. And we talked about the credit creep, you know, the uh, credit card dun, creep. Dun,
1: dun, dun. Yeah, that was, a, that was a
0: fun one where we talk about how inflation is really starting to hit our budgets a little bit more and how we can be aware and savvy with that. Then we talked here in our last episode about how to invest during inflation. We talked about how markets are down and how we can purchase more shares uh, with our dollars, which is a good thing long term. And that's actually going to carry over into what we're talking about today. So if you haven't listened to last episode when we talk about investing and how the share price stuff works, you're going to want to go back to that one. Listen to that because we're going to build on that when we talk about some of the tax stuff today. Because grand scheme of things, we aren't tax preparers. We're not CPAs. We're not uh, enrolled agents. We don't handle IRS stuff. We don't file people's taxes for them, but we do handle a ton of ideas when it comes to planning financially for how do my investment taxes work? What's gonna happen to me with my capital gains? Or why would I go to a traditional IRA versus a Roth IRA? Or what's the deal with my 401k? Why is there this Roth option? When we talk about all those different things, we get to go into those details a little bit as advisors. So we're going to talk today about how you can get some long-term tax savings or maybe leverage your money to avoid taxes later in life that can help you in the grand scheme of things really get you some some momentum heading into retirement.
1: Yeah, and I think we could also talk a little bit about short-term tax savings. There's some avenues there that would help those who are concerned about today and not so concerned about... The future,
0: yeah, and there, there's definitely some of those options. So we'll we'll kind of dive into this because I think the big question that most people ask when it comes to investments and taxes is, what's the deal? What's this whole tax deferred thing? They talk about these traditional IRAs where I put money in now and I don't pay taxes on it, and then I get to pull it out later, but I have to pay taxes later. Or this Roth IRA thing where I pay taxes now, but down the road, I don't pay taxes. I mean, what makes the most sense, Brad? When you come to a client, they come in, they say, what should I be doing? What makes the most sense for people?
1: Well, I don't think there's a rule of thumb for anyone here in general, so it has to be specific. But let's let's start with the definition of uh, each. So a traditional IRA, a 401k, and we've talked about this in past podcasts and you'd have to go deep back so we'll just refresh and do a short refresher here but tax deferred when when you talk about a tax deferred account that means i'm not paying taxes on that money today when i put it in there i'm deducting that right there's no tax coming out of it or at least i don't have to claim it on my uh taxes in a sense And then I'm deferring the tax to a future point in time when I want to pull the money out. Then I'm going to pay the tax on it. That's a tax-deferred account, which would be your 401Ks, 403Bs, your traditional IRAs, things of that sort. There's multitudes of different ones. but uh,
0: And the the theory behind those is this idea that... I'm earning my, maybe the most money I've ever earned in my life right now, right? For a lot of people, right. they're going to continue to earn more money as they stay with their career or their job. You know, knock on wood, they get their annual raise or maybe they get a bonus or whatever. But the idea is, I'm earning the most money I've ever earned. So, what I want to do is lower my taxable income meaning I can take my income and say I'm going to put it in this investment, deduct it from my taxable income. Now I'm having tax savings today on the highest earning. Whereas in retirement, when I take this money out, I may not be earning nearly as much as I am now. So you're saving in tax dollars, depending on where you're at tax bracket-wise and things right now when you're earning the most, and then you're going to hopefully lower your tax bracket in retirement. In, th- in theory, this is all you know. generally. Lower your tax bracket in retirement and pay less taxes later on that same amount of money.
1: Yes, and that's how it all started. 401ks, when the pension plan started uh, being too expensive for companies, 401ks come out. And so us boomers, we have always been... We don't want to pay the government. We want to pay them later. Yeah. So we're very good at procrastinating, paying our taxes. We hate paying taxes. And this is might be a boomer thing more than your age bracket. I don't know. But <laughs> the more you make, the more you don't want them to take. That's the problem. So we like to defer. So our generation is the great deferrals. And so now uh, our generation is sitting on massive amounts of wealth that haven't been taxed yet. So that's that's the downside of the tax deferral process. But Roths came out in the '90s, and um, a Roth is similar in nature. Is it's it's a qualified retirement plan, and the problem uh, with it is though you have to pay tax on the money today. Right. But the beauty of it is it can grow and grow and grow for as many years as you're alive or whatever, and it. it doesn't get taxed ever again. You're paying it today. So the beauty of your generation, which is more apt to do that, and Mm -hmm. they should do that, and that's why uh, when you see on your 401ks where there's a traditional 401k option and and a regular Roth option. Mm-hmm. One is I'm paying taxes on what's going into that Roth, but I know that portion is going to grow tax-free forever, or at least while I'm alive, and pass on to the kids or right, beneficiaries tax-free. tax-free. And then a traditional 401k side, I'm deducting that off my income this year. I don't have to pay taxes on it. But someday that tax time bomb, that snowballing effect of interest and growth and those whatever you have invested in, is all becomes a big tax time bomb or a snowball later in life. So that portion I have to pay tax. So the beauty is today you have both options in a 401k where they didn't back in the older days. You're
0: going to hear some of my bias because I'm definitely biased on which one of these accounts I recommend to clients. Not always regardless of age, because I think there's a good place for each one of them depending on the financial plan, but I heavily lean towards Roth IRAs being the best bang for your buck. And the big reason why is if you think about how the government is kind of, they played it smart with the traditional tax deferral situation. What they did is they said, hey, look, what we'll do is we won't take your taxes now. We'll let you invest that, but then we'll take your taxes later on not only what you invested, but all that growth right every dollar in that ira is taxable as income whether it's money that you earned on your investments or whether it's money you physically put in that account while you were working so the government was being patient when they first designed this they're thinking man tax deferral is going to get us more tax dollars throughout the lifetime of that individual and then when they pass away when it goes to the next generation we'll get tax dollars out of it again before those uh, kids or grandkids inherit their money now what the government didn't do in the 90s was think ahead they flipped it around. They now give the benefit to the investor of, hey, you know what? You pay your taxes today on that smaller amount. As that thing snowballs and grows, because if you think about 30 or 40 years of investment growth, that becomes a large portion of your investment account. You know, it could be half or more of your account is from investment gains over long periods of time. So you start thinking about that, you go, huh. Now the government's giving up all the tax dollars on those gains because they got greedy and impatient and they wanted the tax dollars today. So I am biased. I am the kind of person who says that Roth is going to get you more bang for your buck because the taxes you save on the long-term growth on your investment is massive. It is huge. One thing that the government completely missed when they designed Roths. But that's just my own personal feeling.
1: Well, and you know, I think there's a place for both of them, but... Uh, I do like the Roth personally. Now that I'm in my 60s, I start to look at all the deferred money I have and then you start going, oh, crap, I got to pay tax on that to draw income off of it. It's always going to be taxable. And I do have a fair amount in Roths, not as much as I wanted to, because I, you know, if you have a certain level of income, you can't add to a Roth correct and the only way you can get it in there is to put it in an IRA and convert it over which is a little bit more complicated but we're doing quite a few of those right now and we're gonna talk about that a little bit but what a
0: seamless transition I didn't even think about it. it's almost like we planned this we didn't actually but almost like yeah
1: so anyhow I do think the Roths in the 401k a traditional or even in your own personal you can do personal traditional IRAs personal Roth IRAs you can do those on the side even if you're in a 401k you can do this aside. Now, there's limitations or income and all those sorts, but you have to sit down with somebody or spend the time and research it on the Internet if you yeah. love that doing that kind of stuff. Yep. But I think, uh, yeah, it's a good segue to talk about a little bit of why the if your income's too high or you've spent oh, most of your years building up this deferred money, you know, deferred tax, 401K money, uh, now's, now's a good time to start thinking about how do I get that over to that tax-free bucket?
0: Exactly. You know? So there's this, there's this theory on when it comes to the Roth IRA is they have what are called Roth conversions. And the theory is, hey, take your already tax-deferred money that you've never paid taxes on, convert it, pay the taxes today. You can do it on some of it or all of it over to a Roth IRA. And now from that point on, it's tax-free. Now, there is a window where any conversion that you do with a Roth IRA has a five-year window that it has to wait before you can withdraw any of the money. So, you do have to wait on that. So, you do have to do some planning ahead of time. But the grand scheme of things is, hey, I'm going to check the box and pay the taxes today. That can be expensive for a lot of people. But I'm going to pay the taxes today so I never have to pay taxes again even on the money that I earn or the growth that I have. And my kids or my grandkids who inherit this money will never have to pay the taxes either. So that's the beauty of that one. But in the grand scheme of things, what you find with these Roth conversions is that you wonder what's the best time to do it. Is the time to do it now where you know the markets are down? Is it the time to do it when markets are up? Is it time to do it when I'm 50 years old? Is it time to do it when I'm 25 years old? And I think that's more of the discussion that you have to have with your advisor or if you're a do-it-yourselfer that you have to kind of really think through is what makes the most sense. And that's where we jump into when it comes to how to save in taxes during inflation with this wild inflation that we're dealing with, the markets are down and they've been fluctuating in the negative direction for the last few weeks. We've seen that on TV, probably you've heard it on the radio. It's not good out there. But what it does is it presents opportunity because when you think about those Roth conversions, right? So if you have let's say $100,000 on January 1st of this year and it was in a, and it was in a traditional IRA and you decided I want to eventually convert that $100,000 over to a Roth IRA. Well, throughout this year, if you were invested aggressively, maybe you're down 25, close to 30%. Let's just stick with 25%. Your $100,000 is only worth $75,000. So you're you're hurting. You don't like the looks of that. You looked at your statement when it just came out and you went, this is a bad number. I do not like the way this feels. But when you look at that, you go, if I convert $75,000 to a Roth... That's cheaper than if I would have done it on January 1st when it was at $100,000, right? I'm going to pay less taxes because I have less money in the account. And we all know from our conversations in the past that historically, when you think long term, there is a good chance that the markets are coming back. They, they always have in the past. There's no reason to think that they wouldn't in the future. When we say, gosh, if the markets are down 25% and I convert that $75,000, let's say over the next two years it gets back up to the $100,000, that $25,000 that you had lost before is not taxable again if it's in a Roth. If you had converted it at the seventy-five thousand, you now just got tax-free growth to get back to your hundred thousand, and then all that future growth is tax-free. So it ends up being a really interesting time when markets are down to do Roth conversions, and that all comes down to the share price stuff.
1: Well, I mean that's the that's what you're talking about there, but you know, there's two ways to look at it. One is you can look at the dollar amount, and and first of all, whenever you think about a Roth conversion, you need to talk to your tax person.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, or and also a financial advisor or do a lot of research, trust me, it's a lot of, you got to understand tax code and all that. But what you're doing is you're trying to go, what, how much can I convert this year? that is tax efficient for me to do. If it throws me into a next tax bracket and weigh into that next tax bracket, doesn't make sense because I'm gonna pay more taxes, not only for that conversion. If I Mm -hmm. convert that 75,000, I gotta pay income tax on that 75,000. But if it throws me into the next tax bracket up, I'm now paying a higher percentage for that 75,000 exactly. as well so you have to be very careful doing these and you have to have some professional advice from someone or do a ton of work on your own because yeah. it isn't just something as well let's convert it and whatever sure but uh, when you go back to the share price thing that you were talking about Let's say I have uh, the share price on January. I'm just going to give you a random approximate uh, guess here. But let's say you had share price of $15 per share in your mutual fund. Let's say we got yep. a mutual fund. It's a growth fund. It's down 32%. So you take 32%. Let's say it's $10. bucks. i am just, I don't even know what that comes yeah. out to. But let's say it's, uh, it's close probably. But let's say it's now worth 10 bucks a share. So if I want to convert that hundred thousand or seventy-five thousand or fifty thousand or whatever the number that my accountant or whoever tells me is going to keep me without getting in a higher tax bracket, I can now transfer more shares over for the same taxable amount. Right. Okay? Same taxable amount. If I'm doing a hundred thousand, I'm going to move a hundred thousand. This is what my accountant says That's I can move. That's the dollar amount you're going to. I'm move. moving a hundred thousand bucks. I'm going to move a whole lot of third more, 30% or 32% more shares over for for the same taxable amount. So that's one way to look at it, Mm -hmm. which is how we usually look at it. Look at all those shares you're moving over there that are down. And then when they come back up, just like what your example was with the dollar side, we're looking at the share price side, which is the same thing. It's just Mm -hmm. a different way to look at it. You're going, you're going to get that game from 10 bucks back to the $15 a share, which is tax-free, and for the rest of your life, tax-free. Right. And the other key factor, and I think we'll talk about this in the next segment probably when we talk about estate planning. Yeah. But you got to also remember IRA money, 401k money, the tax-deferred side of the world that's never been taxed. When you pass away, your spouse can get that. But beyond the spouse, if it goes to kids or any other uh, buddy in your family or whatever, besides the spouse, there's tax due on that. Now, they can get spread it out for a very short period of time, but that tax has to be paid. It never, ever goes away. Right. And if I have a Roth... When I die, that money's all, it's tax-free to the beneficiaries. Yep. So we'll talk about that in the next segment, but I just get that little thought in your head there on that. Yeah.
0: If you're, if you're planning, which a lot of our clients are, you know, they have more money than they plan on spending in their life, and they're planning on giving that to someone as an inheritance after they're gone, that is an important thing to think about, is what is the tax ramifications of that for my kids? And again, we will talk about this in the next episode, but your kids are likely earning the most money that they've ever earned when you pass away. They're they're usually hitting their strides in their careers. You know, for most people that live to age 80 or even age 90 anymore, in that range there, your kids are probably in their 40s and 50s. That means they are earning the biggest amount of money they ever had. So again, that, that is something to consider when it comes to the tax side of things. And a Roth conversion can, can wipe that whole taxable situation for your kids out. But you do have to be careful with it.
1: So let me give you a scenario if you want. So I'll give you a scenario on what I'm doing this week for a couple. They're retired now and they got substantial amount of money in their IRAs. So we decided uh, earlier this year that if the market continues to decline, that that this would be a good year to do a Roth conversion for them. So we calculated the income that they're going to have this year uh, and looked at that with tax brackets and ran the numbers and they can do 35,000 out of an IRA and convert it over to a Roth, okay? So they already, ha- already have small Roths open, so they're going to convert it into an existing Roth. So what happens is that that 35,000, if we do it right, they're just, they're, they're in the, actually, they're just at the tip of the, just before it goes into the 22% tax bracket. So they have, they're living on a, a nice low income because they have no debt. They don't really right. need a lot of money. So we figured out that that 30, how we calculated 35,000 was it just brings them right to the edge of the 15% tax bracket. So they don't go jumping into the 22. Mm-hmm. They could do a little bit more, but that extra is going to be taxed at 22%. So we kept it where it's going to stay at the, the tax bracket without jumping into 22%. So that's what we're going to do. Now, what's happening is they're converting a whole lot more shares out of it. And I don't have the right. numbers in front of me, but it was it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds more shares being converted because we're taking it out of their growth side of their portfolio. So the high growth and the and what we were looking at is whatever's down over 30% is what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Because that's they're going to get their best bang for the buck. Now, what's happening in this is the is the taxable piece of it. Right. How do I pay the tax on that thirty five thousand? Though that is okay. a question. And so this is what we're going around and around. We we're just texting this morning about this because we've talked about this in the past, but it got lost in all the other sauce. And now we're back to it because now we're actually getting ready to do the paperwork. And you know, do I take taxes out of this or not? And my point is, don't take taxes out of the conversion. Right. Because what I'm doing is I'm getting this huge bang for my buck, this huge share price, de- lower share price that I'm converting. So I'm converting more shares, but if I take money out to pay the tax on it out of this out of out my of IRA, 000, it yeah. defeats it defeats a whole big piece of that conversion. Mm. Yeah, because now I'm selling shares off to pay the tax and now you got to look at it and go it's not quite as efficient to do it so you really need to be prepared and this is where we're at now is if you have after-tax money sitting in a savings account or any kind of an account that's already had taxes, that's where you want to pay the taxes on that 35000 Yes. Otherwise, you're giving, you're giving the, the power of this whole thing Oh, up, right? Right. So that's what we're going around with this morning uh, via text, and I haven't heard back. But anyhow, I, that's, that's something you have to also be concerned with is how am I going to pay tax on 35000 You know, and if I'm in a 15% tax bracket, that's could be seven, seventy five hundred bucks, maybe some, maybe closer to eight if you get state tax in there too. You know, it's a distribution out of your tax deferred account. You got to pay the tax, but then from there on, you're over. So those something to consider.
0: And we've discussed this in previous episodes how how important it is to have diversified types of income. Not so much just the diversification of your portfolio of different companies in different sectors and spread across different countries. But the diversification of the types of accounts, like you're talking about, maybe you have some tax-deferred money, some tax-free money, or some already tax money, some non-qualified money, whether that's in the bank or in some other type of investment. Joint a, account. A joint account, or making sure that that money is in, maybe you have an emergency fund that's in a safe place. Having different places for your money to make sure that you have Some things that are not at risk, some things that are liquid, some things that are available to be able to be flexible like this to say, I'm going to get the most bang for my buck on this conversion by paying this out of my savings account, which is more than what I need for my emergency fund. I can afford that few thousand dollars extra that I'm going to have to pay in taxes so that I can get the long term growth out of this.
1: Yeah. And when you're looking at, uh, you know, when somebody's retired or getting ready to retire or even any part of your life, you should have an emergency fund. So my point is that when it comes to a Roth conversion, this is the time to use some of that emergency fund. It's sitting in a savings account. It didn't go down in value. I'm not selling shares at a low. Now, if it's in a mutual fund or a stock or an individual bond, I'm selling that at a low too to pay the taxes. It doesn't make any sense. So it has to come out of that emergency fund that's sitting in a savings. It's maybe earning a quarter of 1% and it didn't <laughs> drop through this year. Hey, that's that money's already been taxed. That's where you should pay your taxes from. And you know what? Start building your, your emergency fund back up after you do that. Right. It just makes sense. And over the long term, it might be a little more painful because I'm giving up a little bit of that money at the bank that I get to look at every month and go, ooh, this is my emergency money. But right. you, this is the time to use some of that emergency money.
0: You got to think this is an opportunity. And we talked about this in the last episode. We're going to continue to talk about this. When the markets are down, it's not the time to panic. It's the time to look for opportunities. This is one of those chances for you. I mean, when we think about it, when was the best time to buy real estate? When real estate was at its worst in 2008, right? When people were getting things on foreclosure, they were were stealing properties essentially because everyone was panicking. That's when the best investors who built the most wealth ran right towards the flames, right? They decided that this is the place where the opportunity is going to be. When markets are down 20 to 30% and bonds are down 5 to 10%, depending on what you're looking at, you can get into these places where you go, this is an opportunity. This is where we have that place where we can do that. So to wrap things up in this episode, this is an exciting time. I know it doesn't feel like it, but it is an exciting time. So this might be the time where you need to jump in and do a Roth conversion and save some huge amount of tax dollars for the future. Or maybe not. It might not be a good time for you tax-wise or earnings-wise or whatever that looks like. But it could be that moment. And the only way you're going to know that is if you meet with a financial advisor or you do the research for your own portfolio and go in-depth with your tax individual. So whatever that looks like, don't miss what we have in front of us. Any final thoughts, Brad?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as ugly as the market is, we don't know. This could be the bottom, and it could stay down here for a while and come back up later. Uh, It could continue to decline. But in any case, uh, this is an opportunity to look at putting money into your Roths Mm -hmm. just as a contribution, uh, upping what's going into your 401k or your Roth part of your 401k. Either way, because you're buying shares on sale right now. And so this is a great opportunity. Uh, It's the only way to look at it. You can't panic. This is, we've had, I feel like a broken record almost daily. I get a no. phone call is this is not the time to get out. We've already wrote it down. Why would you sell those shares out? It will and it has in the past. And I say it will. I know my compliance stuff gets out of control. But These I do, are
0: Brad's thoughts, not the thoughts of Fike Advisors I mean, for I, compliance purposes.
1: <laughs> I do believe it's going to come back and it'll come back higher than it ever was eventually but uh, this is a great opportunity. Take advantage of it. Do not panic. Please be patient. Ride this thing out. You'll be happy you did. But again, this is a time to start looking at, should I put more in, not should I take it out?
0: Exactly. Remember, stay the course. You haven't lost any of your shares. Your shares have just lost value in this market. So you haven't lost anything but value on your shares. Would you sell your house If the market was at the bottom, no, everyone sells their house when their house is worth the most or when they have an opportunity for something like that. Don't panic. Stay the course. Right on. So final thoughts. If you do have any questions that you want to run past us as advisors, you can head over to FikeAdvisors.com. There's a Schedule Now button in the top right corner. Click that. Find a time on our schedule where you can talk to us. It's completely free for your complimentary appointment. doesn't cost you anything but your time. So you can set that up via Zoom or you can come in our office if you're local. Whatever works best for you. So FikeAdvisors.com. Click the Schedule Now button. That's all I got. Goodbye. And see you guys later.